Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers' front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that's really going to challenge for a seventh Lombardi trophy. And look, back in the country, uh, might sound a bit sniffly. I don't know. I think it's actually a bit of hay fever, even though we're going through Waterman, Australia. I didn't catch COVID when I was overseas last week, and I hope you all enjoyed the show last week, um, even though it was just a little bit um, slightly off um, compared to some weeks. But look, really excited to come to you. We're now two weeks away from the draft. Uh, you know, I record this usually, this show pretty late um, on a Wednesday night, usually. So for me, I'm, I'm less than two really weeks away is we'll go to air on you know of the you know the wednesday for you guys that's my thursday so this is kind of the second last show until the actual draft actually happens and you know we've led up to this for so long and then i get to do you know the rookie reports you know we'll get to review the picks we'll we'll do the rookie reports throughout the season for you know the steelers how they're going you know their rookies and obviously the rookies each week um you know as we face those teams um, the competitive teams. So one thing I did have to do is that the BTSC is having a competition, um, the BTSC contest giveaway. And the competition is for two free tickets to the Steelers draft party at Hinesfield on Saturday, April 30, 2022. I have 2020 in this list, but um, it's definitely 2022. <laughs> I don't think we'd give you a ticket um, or a couple of tickets to, to something that was in the past. Um, and that, that event starting at 11 a.m. Um, and activities include appearances by Steelers legends, locker room access, face painting, passing, catching, kicking on the field in the north end of the stadium, various games in the UPMC club, watching uh, youth flag football games in the field, opportunities with the Steelers Lombardi trophies, chances to win other prizes from Steelers Nation Unite. Um, there'll be the NFL draft on the big screen. Um, and in the past, recent draft picks have made appearances. And so I think that's the, you know, we'll have a couple of the picks um, by that stage as well. So that's going to be pretty cool. You'll have the first three rounds. So they might make an appearance. Who knows? Um, there may even be a new quarterback. Um, so basically, here's how the competition works. 
On Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, during the, the morning at no- and noon podcast, there will be a clue given about a player for the Steelers. That's Let's Ride, My War Room Show, this show. Um, Stat Geek, what's Yin's talking about on Thursday? Let's Ride, and here we go, um, Steelers show on Friday. Each clue will be gathering the player's jersey number. Upon compiling all six numbers, email your answer to Jeff Hartman at bngblitz, B-N-G-B-L-I-T-Z, at gmail.com with your answer. The first correct answer will win the tickets. Remember, don't email each answer individually. It's about emailing all six of them together at the end. There's no hidden message this time. It's just random numbers. There are two requirements, though, in order to participate in this contest. Two requirements. You know, you really have to have these two requirements. First, you've got to use the tickets. You can't not use the tickets. Just like the Steelers can't pass up any draft picks in this draft. They can't trade away picks unless they're going to get more for them. You can't enter the competition if you're not going to actually go to get to the field. You know, go to the stadium, go to Heinz Field, watch the, you know, attend this draft event. The second stipulation is that you actually have to meet up with Big Bro Sco. I've heard he's a pretty good guy um, for a quick photo. Otherwise, we really want you to enjoy the contest and we hope the winner has a great time at the draft party. If you've missed a previous clue, make sure you go back and listen to that exact show. Um, I think they had it pretty late um, with the Scobro show, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, so for today's clue, let's get on with it. The jersey number of the Steelers starting left guard in 1990. The starting left guard in 1990. Hmm. Now, that's interesting. You know, I wasn't even born then. I was born in 991, so hard for me to know this one. I think I do know the answer, but I'm not allowed to pop. I'm not allowed to play. And you know what? You know the other thing? Not only am I not allowed to play because I'm a BTSC, you know, podcaster, I can't go to the field. So to say, don't end the competition if you can't go. Um, but yeah, good luck in the competition. And I hope whoever wins has a really good time. But look, let's crack into today's show. So first thing I wanted to do, we have five prospects that I want to look at in today's show. Five prospects across five prospects across the offense and the defense, mostly defense. Uh, really excited to talk about those, those five individuals, those five blokes. Uh, but one thing I want to preview is next week's podcast. I had a bit of pressure. Uh, you know, last year I got a couple of these picks right. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of prospects going back to the start of last season when the first week I talked about Cordell Volson and Jakari Robeson. I'd still like to see Jakari, Jakari Robeson drafted anywhere from the sixth round of wide receiver. I still like Cordell Volson anywhere after the late in the fourth. Um, happy to, you know, those two guys, I stick by what I, what I said all the way back then. But, we, you've seen mock drafts if you're, you know, big on the draft, even if you're not. You can't mistake there's been mock drafts, BTSC shows, other NFL shows you might listen to, NFL Network. Everyone's been doing these mock drafts and play rankings and what have you. So what I thought I'd do, and I want to do this a couple of times throughout the draft process, and it just transparently, it's been a busy few months in my, you know, my other, my, you know, day job line of work on the personal side. And, you know, with these two podcasts as well, there's not, and we you know with me wanting to do the player breakdowns that I do do, there's not a lot of extra time for me. But when it was a senior bowl, I started to put together a big board. So what I had to have and go through next week is I've broken it up into it's uh, 12 positions, seven rounds. And what I'm going to do is have a player in each that I believe would be available in each round, one through seven. 
and who I'd like to see the Steelers, you know, draft. Now, I'm not trying to play Jim, but who I'd like to see the draft, Steelers draft and also who I think's a fit, who's a realistic pick. Um, so that's what we're going to do next week. So that'll be going through about 84 to 85 prospects. I do have 85 because I've had picked one special teams player. And I'll tell you who that is right now. He's going to be 85th on my list because I don't think we really need him. Um, but if we had to, it's Dicker the Kicker out of Texas. Um, I'm a Longhorns fan. Dicker the Kicker makes the most sense. But the rest of it, you're going to have to wait um, wait for, for next week's podcast for that list of breakdown. Um, and then we'll see where we go from there. So today's show. So the first two players I want to look at are two wide receivers. Uh, Wondell Robinson, who I talk, alluded to last week, who I've talked about a little bit in another podcast, and I've talked about George Pickens as well, but they're the two guys that I wanted to look at in today's show on the offensive side of the football. And then in part two, we'll look at the defensive side of the football. <coughs> so Wondell Robinson. The first thing to know about Wondell Robinson, uh, they're out of Kentucky, Five foot ten, about 180 pounds. He ran a 4-4 at the NFL Combine. Brandon Hunt went to his pro day as well. The Draft Network have him as the 15th wide receiver on their list ranked and the 95th player overall. I really like him. I think he stands out on film. I think he gets separation through the quick feet. Uh, I think he can make the right catches in traffic. I think he can cop a hit. I absolutely really like what I see when I look at tape um, from Wanda Robinson. His they Carl Krabs, sort of the leading draft um, analysis guy with the draft network, you know, has his ideal role um, as a slot wide receiver. I think the Steelers, we, we all can agree the Steelers need a slot wide receiver. He's a guy that's probably going to be, he's going to be available in around sort of two to four. That's perfect for where the Steelers sort of like to pick a wide receiver. Brandon Hunt has been instrumental in that. Brandon Hunt went to his pro day. I think. That makes you think a little bit more about him potentially. Went to Kentucky. They had a good team this year. Um, he can play in the run game, play action, pass of the offense is his scheme tendencies um, in terms of how he was used. He played really well against Tennessee. I talked a lot about Alonte Taylor. You know, Wondell Robinson really had a, you know, has a great game there. You know, he probably needs a little bit of work on the route running, um, but he's got great hands. Um, as I say, he creates really good separation. He's got, you know, early gas uh, at the start of his routes. I think he can move his feet. He can shift in pace. Um, that was something that early in the draft network, it's obvious on the tape. Um, you know, I think he will get, you know, a bit of separation at the next level because of his release. Um, he likes to do things with the ball. He doesn't just stop and catch it. He's looking to make, you know, those yak yard, you know, yak yardage. Um, you know, I think, he does have instincts that, that track up on tape. I think it'd be interesting to see how he would go as he transitions to the next level. Um, you know, he has been compared to guys like Rondell Moore and Lyndon Bowden Jr. from the last couple of drafts. He does have the ability to make big plays. Um, he scrapes into the third round um, with a 75.92 as the draft network's consensus um you know, overall valuation, but he has things ranging from an almost second round um, to to mid third round. I look, I think he's a guy. If he's sitting there at eighty four for the Steelers, they haven't got a wide receiver yet. Um, depending on where they fill the other needs, uh, I, I really do see Wondell Robinson as a real option for the Steelers. I like him. Um, he did before Kentucky. He was at Nebraska for two years um, in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. 
He has um, four touchdowns um, from that from a rushing perspective, which I think is interesting. That's all I want to say that first. He has 10 touchdowns from a receiving perspective, seven last year. He broke 1,000 yards last year when he moved over to Kentucky, an average of 12.8 yards um, there, there per reception. Uh, he's had over 700 yards rushing in his career, now only 100 with Kentucky, but he got almost two, he got over 250 the previous two years. Um, you know, so when you when you're looking at it, he's doing a lot of things, you know, around the ball, around the line of scrimmage. That may bode really well for a Mad Canada offense. That may bode really well when you see it how well you know players like Debo Samuel are doing in the league. Uh, you know, those sorts of guys, how they're being leveraged, how they're being used. I'm not saying Wanda Robinson's the next Debo Samuel, but he does provide you with a bit of you know versatility there and how you might be able to get him involved in the offense um, from that perspective. 104 receptions last year. I just think this is a guy that you really got to look at. And I think he could be real value. You know, you think about a Deontay Johnson out of Toledo, you know, would you say Kentucky's a better school than even Toledo was then? Probably. Now, Deontay is probably a better route runner coming out, but there are other traits that Wondell brings to the table. As I said, good ball skills. He's a fast guy at 4-4, you know, and you find that's a 40 straight line in the combine, but it really shows on tape that speed. And so I really like Wondell Robinson. I love his versatility. Um, and I don't just love him because I've created him and matted and I'm killing it with him. You know, I really do in season 2024 or yeah, 2023. Sorry. Um, I just, I, I do, I do really like what he puts out there on tape. So the other wide receiver I wanted to talk about was George Pickens. He's a guy I like, and obviously he's got a lot of good downfield speed. He's a six foot three guy, 200 pounds or so, around a four, four, seven at the combine. Um, on the draft network, they will have him as their 12th wide receiver, 63rd overall, you know, injured. Obviously that sort of has affected his draft stock out of Georgia. I think he's a, you know, he's been labeled as a perimeter wide receiver. He does need to add some bulk, I think, to do well in the NFL. You know, he probably needs 10 to 15 pounds there. Um, you know, definitely a downfield passing offense will fit him. I think that really, when we talk about Trubitsky, you know, should be able to offer that. Um, you know, he played apparently his one of his best games was actually in 2020 against Cincinnati. Um, but he, you know, he pl- didn't play particularly great against Alabama in 2020. You know, in the, this last season, he definitely has big playability. He's got, you know, whilst he's not physically, you know, super tough, um, versatility obviously he's a big guy. Um, but he'll need them, he'll need that mass to really project as a true X receiver. Um, he's got good long speed. He can make yards after the catch. He's a natural hand catcher, according to the draft network. I think I tend to agree with what I see on tape. I think he's played against top competition, which is what I like. And he does round routes really well as well. They gave him a third round valuation with a 79 consensus, 79.17, but he did get a few 80s in there, which would get him into that second round as well. So, you know, again, he's a guy, you know, 52 where the Steelers pick is not necessarily end of the end of the second. So it might be a little bit early at 52, 84. You'd, you'd be running the card up. You'd be pretty happy. I don't think he's there, especially if there's a run on wide receivers. Like if you're having Christian Watson go at the end of the first, um, you'll see Sky Moore taken earlier than that. If it could be the other way around. You could see, you know, Christian Watson picked by like a guy, you know, a team like the Seahawks, particularly if they trade D, um, DK Metcalf. So when you're talking about a guy like George Pickens, you're sort of going, where's he going to fall? So if that run happens, um, and let's say they do get a Devontae Wyatt like KT Smith mocked in the last week, 
and they're not, they don't need a Travis Jones. There's other linebackers going to be available. And we'll talk about, you know, a linebacker prospect in, in, in part two. George Pickens in, in, in round, um, in round two makes a bit of, bit of sense. He's got a really good catch radius. He's fluid. I just, I think this is a guy that, you know, Steelers fans really need to consider. He's a junior as well. I think it's so, you know, he's a bit of a younger guy that sort of fits with what they want to do. Only played four games last year. That's the sort of the, the knock on him. Only has 1,347 yards in all of college. His best year right now was his freshman year when he had 727 yards with an average of 14.8 per reception for eight touchdowns. In 2020, he had six touchdowns, 513 yards in eight games, average of 14.3. He only played four games with five receptions for 107 yards. That's an average of 21.4 in 2021. But he played those five plays. Um, He only played... 49 plays in 2019, 36 plays in 2020. Now, obviously, Georgia was doing great things um, in those years, uh, but we're not seeing him in the rush side of things. That kind of fits with where he's sitting at the moment. Um, you've got a guy they've had to sort of work in. Obviously, he's playing one of the better teams as well. So, you know, you're picking if you're picking a guy like George Pickens, just sitting there and saying, well, hey, this is a guy He's played against top competition, trying to break into a team that had all sorts of different standouts over the last three years, etc. You just, like, as I say, you're, you're picking a guy here based on some talent. You're picking a guy based on who he's played against. You're picking a guy, you know, uh, that you're liking, you're, you know, Jeff Hartman hates the word, but you're, you're, and I agree with him a lot of the time on this, you're drafting a lot of potential here, and that can be a little bit dangerous. And I think when you talk about the injuries as well that he's had um, throughout, you know, his career so far. But you can't look past a four four seven. You can't look past the fact that this guy's clearly in that sort of range of a you know eighth to fifteenth best wide receiver in this draft. I'd feel more comfortable in the third round with like a Wondell Robinson or if it was available in the fourth than Pickens, but. You can't argue with with you know Pickens at the same time, um, you know in terms of you know he's a pretty he's going to be a pretty you know teams are interested in this guy and they're interested for a reason, um, so that's quite interesting there. And you think if he'd had a full year, probably would be considered in that end of the first, early the second. So we'll have to see what what happens from there on draft day. But with that, that's going to wrap up part one of this week's Steelers Warren. Join me for part two. We'll look at three defensive players. Um, one name you may never have even heard of. So it'll be interesting to see um, from your perspective, but I'm really keen to talk about these three prospects. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
And we're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Perival, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, Art Rooney II, and the rest of the Steelers front office is able to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond a roster that can compete for a seventh Lombardi trophy. Now, in part one, we announced, um, or, you know, the, the Steelers clue, the clue for the, for the Steelers competition we're running, the draft competition to win two tickets to Saturday at Heinz Field after, on day three of the draft, where you can basically participate in all sorts of games on the field and, you know, do a bunch of fan events, pose Lombardi trophies, potentially meet the first three-round draft picks. You do have to take a picture with Big Bro Scrum. You do have to have a chat with him, but that's not an issue. He's a good bloke. Um, so go back to start of part one, listen to part one. If you skip to part two, you're keen to skip over the offensive wide receivers that we talked about. You wanted to, to listen to the defensive guys, go back and listen to that clue. Um, if you're looking for the clue because you've missed a bunch of shows, including mine, it's in part one. Um, but please listen to part two anyway. I'd also like to take the chance to remind you that we are part of the Behind the Steel Curtain network, behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. There's every article under the sun from so many different topics, from stats to mock drafts to, you know, player evaluations to, you know, historical articles about previous players and, you know, previous fan favorites and draft prospects. And it's just everything under the sun. So make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com. Save it as a homepage on your, you know, iPhone or Android phone. That's what I do. So it looks like an app. I just click it straight there. Boom, bang, love it. Um, but then, of course, we've got all these shows on the morning, noon, and night. You know, shows morning and noon, obviously, are all audio shows. Um, the night, the night shows are generally broadcast live on YouTube, and then they go over to, um, and then they go over to the audio side within a matter of hours, really, after they've you know gone live on air. So there's always something to listen to from Lions to Curtain. You probably can't keep up. You don't need to go anywhere else for Steelers content. That's what we do. You don't even really need to go anywhere for draft content. You know, if you listen to this show, you know, I'm covering the draft network stuff for you. I'm listening to that. I'm listening to things like NFL tape heads. I'm listening to move the sticks. I'm pulling it all together for you so that you don't have to do it. You just need to listen to BTFC. Um, and so if you're on iTunes, I know that that's a place where we'd love a few more reviews. Um, tell us what you think. Give us five-star rating if that's what you want to do. Um, I personally am a, a Steelers or a BTSC Spotify listener, just like Jeff Hartman. Um, but even there, you can, you know, give us a follow. So you'll get all the podcasts direct. You can create notifications. I think you can give it a rating. I don't think you can give a comment on the way that's set up. Um, but yeah, we'd love that. We'd appreciate that. And at least subscribe to that stuff so you get the content in the end. So there's three players I wanted to look at. I'll start off with Troy Anderson because he's probably the more popular player, um, a player at the linebacking position, a player who's 6'4". He's the ninth um, you know, linebacker overall, 87th player over the wall, according to the Draft Network. Um, when you when we look at Troy Anderson as well, um, 233 pounds, ran a 4'4'2". He's a really versatile player. And when I say that, he played for Montana State as a quarterback, a running back, and a linebacker, right? That's three incredible positions. Um, a lot of people have schemed him in a 4-3 as a weak side linebacker. I actually think he could do a bit in a 3-4. I think he's a, pro- a really interesting prospect because of his sideline and sideline ability. The football instincts, even though he's new to linebacker, he's obviously played those different positions. He understands them. He's really good in coverage. He's a great tackler as well for someone that's really only been playing linebacker for a couple of seasons. I think it's only technically two seasons, which may scare some Steelers fans, but at the end of the day, he's 
like done incredibly well um, from that perspective. I really like, as I say, what, what he's been able to do. Um, you know, I've got his weight here on PFF is 243 pounds. There's a difference there in 10 pounds. Um, run defending, you know, his ability to frame on the second level, you know, makes him, um, you know, a little bit slower is how he's processing the run. Um, and he probably needs to develop that, you know, so he's probably not going to be, um, you know, a Mike style linebacker in that, you know, at the next level um, at the four from a four, three, at least, um, you know, he's got good length and physicality. He obviously needs to develop more technique on how he takes on blocks and plays off contact. I think, you know, the draft network have said that. I think you do see that a little bit on tape, but he's so new to the position it's the lateral mobility that's incredible. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys like Kyle Hamilton and you look at guys like Dylan James and what they're doing in safety position. I'm not saying you want to convert into safety, but you see what size and length does. Um, Isaiah Simmons is another player like that. Now, those guys are all more safeties. And I think Anderson is all out pretty, pretty locked into this linebacker position, but you might be able to do things in sub packages. Um, but the yeah, just the... The athlete that he is, I think, might be enticing to the Steelers, you know, the, that versatility, the what he brings, you know, to the role there. Um, that TDN group gave him a consensus grade of 76.08. That gets him into the third round. You know, some guys had him as low as 75. Other guys had him almost as high as 80. That's a little bit, you know, versatile. Most of the picks around that 75 to 76 and a half mark. Um, and, he's obviously going to get marked down a little bit because you're thinking about potential. You're talking about athleticism. Um, but the sideline to sideline ability, the lateral quickness do make him a possibility as an explosive play, playmaker. And I think that's, what's really interesting from his perspective, his defensive grade, um, you know, in 2021 was an 86 point run 22nd out of 108, out of 815 linebackers in college. Um, 80.2 for a run defense grade. That was 77th out of 830 linebackers um, that they that they measured. He had a pass rush grade of 73. He had a coverage grade of 86.4. That was 17th out of 727 linebackers that participated, um, you know, in what PFF considered coverage snaps. He played uh, more passing snaps than running snaps in defense. He played 469 passing snaps to 393 um, running snaps, according to PFF. From that perspective, lined up in the box 759 times, lined up at slot cor- at cornerback, slot cornerback 97 times. So that was his second most. So you're seeing there, you know, almost like a seven times out of out of 10 or seven and a half times out of 10, he's there in the box. And then he's there, you know, almost one time out of 10 at slot cornerback. So he's got a bit of, again, you see versatility on tape. He's obviously at Montana State. So from that perspective, they're going to ask their good players to do a little bit more um, from that perspective. Definitely finish the season looking more in sort of the passing snap sort of perspective there. Um, and so I think you've got a really, really interesting player that's coming through. Uh when you look at a guy like Troy Anderson, again, it's probably going to come down to how he is able to, you know, really adjust to life in the NFL. But you've got to think this is a guy that's adjusted to a lot of, you know, I wouldn't say you're going to say that he's gone through adversity um, from that perspective with just because he's changing positions. But you are, you have got a guy that's used to doing things the tough way. And I think that's a really positive um it's a really positive situation when you're looking at a player that's obviously got these athletics gifts um, that Trey Anderson sort of has. So 
you know, when we've talked about line position, we talked about guys like Devin Lowe, we talked about Chad Moomins, we talked about guys like Darren Beavers, his Mullers, Quay Walkers, all these sorts of guys. You know, Troy Anderson is someone, you're chaining Tindles. Troy Anderson is someone that, you know, you're sitting out there, you know, if he's available, I think in the third when they're picking, um, if there's probably going to be a run through the middle of the second to the middle of the third on, um, you know, linebackers. And so that obviously puts him, you know, into an interesting sort of spot there. But, you know, with, with Troy Anderson, I think you've got a guy, you know, that if you pick him, I don't think you're going to regret the pick. And that's what I like about him is the upside to him. And I think he can still do things. And I think when you think about Devin Bush, you know, is Devin Bush coming back? Um, you know, yes, he's coming back this season, but he's coming back, you know, further than that. If you get a guy like Troy Anderson, perhaps you don't pick up that fifth-year option and you see. So that's why I like the idea of looking at a guy like um, Troy Anderson, you know, the linebacker there out of Montana State. The second defensive player on my list is a guy I've talked about, a guy I've liked for a while. He has a six-round value according to TDN with a 68.90. He sort of has hovered between 67.5 grade through to a 70. I think he's tight. This is a little bit better than that um, with a good football IQ. Um, he's been a good tackler. Um, he, but he, the problem is he doesn't act ideal length. He is and for a, and he is a slot corner as well. Um, that, whilst really important in the NFL, you've seen that hit a couple of guys' draft stock. You know, if that's where they've sort of locked in, he's got good man coverage ability um, according to the draft network. I think he does really well in zone. I think he really likes to track the quarterback. He's got great ball skills. Um, he closes separation. I think he does, and they sort of said he had he does a good job of getting his hands on the football. I think he's a lot better, you know, defender, just a general defender, like wanting to play the game, wanting to play defense, um, than people sort of give him credit for. I think he's been overlooked on tape. And I've heard that from one other person during the draft process a few months back, and I think it's true. Like I'm sort of surprised he's sitting where he's sitting. I know Andrew Woolbar's open to him. If you got him in the six, you'd be thrilled to get Michael Wright. Um, Michael Wright out of or out of the Oregon Ducks. Um, you know he's got good pass defense. Um, you know, and he he sort of hasn't necessarily had the best sort of year the last last season. Um, you know, he only had one interception. He had one interception in 2019. Um, you know, he did have 65 tackles last year, four for a loss. I think that's pretty good from that perspective. Um, but I think you know. He sort of got hurt by the where what Oregon did in the Pac-12, and I think the year that they sort of had, I think that kind of did affect him um, and, and sort of how he's sort of been ranked. Um, PFF have him at five eleven, which I think is interesting. Um, his defensive grade sort of with with PFF and their sort of tracking has gone down over his career. So he started in eighty two point seven in twenty nineteen. And it's moved to 70.6 in 2020 and a 71.8 in 2021. He's played over 1,600 snaps, according to PFF at the collegiate level, 679 rushed run defense, um, 919 coverage, um, three in pass, pass defense or pass rush. Um, he's had got one sack, which he got in last year, one hurry. Um, he's missed um, on average 11.5% of his uh, tackles. 88 tackles, um, solo tackles in college, 20 assisted tackles. 
Uh, you know, he's allowed 117 targets across, oh, sorry, 63 receptions of 117 targets in three years. That's not too bad. Um, that's only 53.8%, 734 yards, 11.7 yards per reception. He's only allowed seven TDs. So this is the thing that I sort of think. He's only allowed 50%, you know, um, reception rate on the targets thrown to him. He's allowed under 12 yards, which I think is really important when you're a corner and you might stand way off the ball. Um, he, the longest touchdown he's allowed was a 41-yard touchdown this last season. Um, he only allowed he's only allowed seven touchdowns. Um, now he allowed none in in 2019 when he but he did only play sort of almost about 600 snaps there. Um, he's allowed an NFL quarterback rating of 98 last year, 103.6 in 2020, and 28.4 in 2019. Um, from that perspective. Uh, he's got 14 pass breakups across the three years, and he lines up predominantly in the corner at uh, the cornerback position with 1,423 of his um, 1,600 snaps coming at that corner position. So, look, he's a guy. His best game last year came against Arizona. His worst game was probably against Ohio State. So that told, that might scare a few people. If that game had been better, maybe improves. Um, his other good game was against Fresno State, who had a good team, played well against Utah. Uh, you know, in some of the games that they played uh, both in the college championship um, and, and during the season as well. Had a good game against UCLA. They've had some good guys on offense like Dolchich, played well against Colorado um, from that perspective. So didn't do, you know, it wasn't terrible. Um, played well against Washington too. So he's played pretty well against the good schools. I think the Ohio State one really hurts him there um, from that perspective. But that's Mikel right out of Oregon, a guy that in the sixth round, love to see it, particularly if the Steelers haven't drafted a cornerback at that stage. Then we get to the final player on my list and a guy that I've seen track up, a guy that I heard on mention on one podcast, Funnily enough, then I heard it on another one. Um, so one was t- the NFL Tape Heads, which is a very technical X's and O's style podcast focused on draft prospects and then also the draft network. And I read about some, said, I read something about him two weeks ago. He's a guy that was a three-star college recruit coming out of college, safety from Illinois, a guy called Kirby Joseph. He has a 33.18 um, you know, arm length, six foot one, 200 pounds, ran a, a they, he's ruined to run about a four five. He didn't run at the combine or the senior bowl. Um, so they're not too sure. I've seen some people project him as because he plays so fast on tape, as low as a four four three. Some people say as high as a four five seven, um, a four, you know, even four six potentially. Most people say sitting around that four and a half mark as being sort of that guesstimate with Kirby Joseph. Um, he was a breakout performer. He's a developmental free safety. He's someone that you're looking at six round onwards. I know we talked about guys like Quinton Lanker on BTSC. I know we, you know, there's guys like the guy from LSU. Um, you know, I know that um, I think it's, is it an alternative that's been brought in by the Steelers? There's a few out of Clemson, I think it is. Um, there's a few different guys have been brought in, but I like Kirby Joseph. You know, he's, I like a guy, I like the underdog. He's had a really good season for Illinois. That's put him on the map. Um, you know, he's just the fifth Illinois safe in the last half century. We given the first team all big 10 honors. Um, he forged a reputation this last season for big impact plays and coverage with five interceptions and was a ball magnet. Um, you know, if he can do that at that level, I mean, technically everyone's going on about Derek Stingley and I know Derek Stingley had better competition, but if you're seeing what Derek Stingley did early in his career, How's Joseph, you know, different? Um, you know, the other, however, like 
his ball production is hard when you consider he's only had six career PBUs in college or past breakups, past, I like to, I like to call them past deflections, but that's sort of how they say it for the college game. Um, you know, he could be a more frequent ball hawk, but he's got to develop, you know, that there's questions on whether this is sustainable. Um, you know, I, I think this is what's going to be interesting um, about a player. He's a guy that's going to develop. And I think the Steelers are in a position where, you know, you get a guy like Tyron Matthew, get get a guy like Kirby Joseph to sit behind him and you could do really well. Um, you know, he might be a guy that's an undrafted free agent. Is he a guy that we offer lots of money to, like we did um, the cornerback out of Duke, um, the one that was uh, Darrell Revis's um, second cousin? Um, just trying to think of him. Anyway, the, the guy the Steelers got last year that they paid him the highest amount. That's what you want to do with like a Kirby Joseph for me. Um, he can do a lot in you know man and free coverage um, from Illinois. He's a nice cut and wrap tackler. Uh, he's not necessarily a big explosive hit um, sort of player, um, but you're going to see a guy that's going to grow um, with confidence um, as he you know, and he's got an appetite to run downhill. Um, but you know. Is he going to go stop the run in the trenches? It's hard to say, according to the draft network. And I think I'd agree from what I was able to pull up. Um, you know, he's definitely, you know, a back-end defender. You know, he's not someone that's going to necessarily flash out against other guys, um, but he can do it. He can do a bit, you know, he can certainly do a bit um, when it comes to really playing defense and making an impact. I think that, that he does do do that. Um you know, he was noted for his play against Virginia this past season. Um, he's got natural hands and ball skills, and that I think that shows on take two, and that's really important. Now, yes, it shows when you're looking to highlight, um, but at the end of the day, an interception in the college level is an interception at the college level, um, and he is at least in the Big Ten. Uh, he's got good length at the position. I, I agree. He's got good size at 200 pounds. Um, you know, there's... The draft network sort of said that there's a room for him in special teams. We know the Steelers like special teams ability. Is this the way he works his way onto the roster um, as well? He's got a comparison to Andre Cisco. actually. He got given a grade of 72 out of 100. That's just under a third-round grade, I think, on the, for the draft network. So that's interesting as well. Um, he's a guy that a lot of guys are talking about, but he's, he does have good tape. He did make a difference. He did come on strong late. And that's not something you really see that often that was noted, um, you know, by what the other, the NFL Tapeheads podcast that I listened to. Um, they sort of said, you know, it's rare that you see a guy come on just in his last year. Sometimes it's earlier and then they have an injury or there's they sort of a bad season. He came on quite late um, from that perspective. Uh, five interceptions, as I say, in college last year. He played in four years, um, two tackles for a loss, 116 total tackles. Um, he played in 31 games in his college career, one force fumble, six pass defenses. Um, and so that was pretty interesting from that perspective in what he was able to do there. Uh, if you look at him, um, he was the top-rated safety, according to PFF, for the defensive grade. So it was funny. When you look at the – he was the top-rated safety from those that were being and be drafted um, in 2022 um, across the top 130 teams in college. Um, 
He has a defensive grade of 90.4, a pass rush grade of 77.2, a coverage grade of 90.6. That was fourth out of 673 safeties. A run defense grade of 76.5. That's 139 out of 761. So that's pretty good um, from that perspective when you think about he's a guy, you know, it's still developing. Um, he was a junior um, there last year, six foot one, 203 pounds is what the what PFF have him. They have him basically moving from a 54 grade up into a 90.4 between 2018 and 2021, a 73.9 in 2020, which is pretty solid. He almost played an equal number of splits and snaps between passing and running with five, 353 uh, running snaps he played in 2021 run defense and then 363 passing snaps. Um, he played 164 snaps in the box, 41 in the D line, 64 at slot cornerback. So there might be some versatility there and 440 at free safety in 2021. Um, so that's pretty cool from Kirby Joseph's perspective. Uh, you know, as I said, he's got some size. He's got proven performance most recently. I think that's a really, really good thing um, for him and his draft stock. You know, yes, Illinois weren't necessarily the best school. They weren't out there fighting it out, of, you know, um, you know, for the, the the title. But he is a guy that you would be silly to ignore if you had got an extra late pick for whatever trade other trades you do in the draft. If you're sitting there at seven and you don't like, you know, Hayward, Connor Hayward's gone, or there's another player you don't like and scorn, you're sitting there in the six, not your favorite safeties on the board. He's a guy that's making my list, um, you know, particularly in that sixth, seventh onwards. You know, if you like him, you know what he's doing. That could be really interesting um, when we start talking about Kirby Joseph there out of Illinois. With that, that's going to wrap up this week's Steelers Warm. I hope you enjoyed the show. We talked about two wide receiver prospects who I really like. We talked about a linebacker prospect, a cornerback prospect, a safety prospect. I'm so excited to talk about my, you know, um, Steelers top 85 players, my Steelers big board rankings by rounds next week. We're getting close to the draft. Then we get to finally put that away. You know, a lot of my BTC colleagues and the older ones always say, you know, they don't really, they don't love the draft process. They only care about who gets picked by the Steelers. I love the draft process. Everyone knows that. That's a really big part of why this show exists. Um, people know that from listening to Touchdown Under that I do with Marky D every every Saturday um, morning live, our time, but Friday night for the US. But even I'm starting to get a little bit tired at this point. I'm just kind of seeing can see draft day. I mean, I've got so into the process like I do every other year, but even more so, like just like other years. I'm keen to see other teams draft. I'm trying to see what happens in the North. You know, I think the signing of Miles Boykin, um, you know, by the Steelers, which I had said in the Slack channel would be a good idea for the Steelers to do, you know, does that make the wide receiver then sort of doesn't become a first round pick for me anymore? Um, you know, if Zion Johnson's there at 20, you're probably happy to take him. You know, I think there's lots of different things that are changing. Don't hate Malik Willis. If he's there at 20, fine. But I I struggle to see Detroit not wanting to grab him um, and then having to settle for like Kenny Pickett or Matt Crowell or Sam Howell, um, you know, it, at the end of pick number 32. I just don't see it. Um, I think... I, uh, it really is independent on the elite list goes. It's hard to see this, you know, the Seahawks passing up on him. It's hard to see, you know, um, even Carolina potentially passing up on that. You know, there's a few other teams too. So, I mean, I still think you look at the coach for the Vikings um, and even though you've got Kirk Cousins, you know, he's come from the Rams. Does he want to draft a player like Malik Willis and recreate, you know, um, sort of start his his time with the franchise off on the right foot? There's some of the things you got to think about. Um, but really interesting time as we get into the draft, 
at the end of the day, over the course of the next three days, starting next Thursday evening, you know, seven, maybe it's six, they, you know, trade up and they have to give away a pick. Maybe it's, you know, more than seven, they, you know, they trade back. There's going to be seven rounds where the Steelers are going to pick, you know, and yes, they don't have a pick in the fifth, um, you know, so the fourth, but, you know, they, they've got other picks. Steelers are going to make picks and players that could potentially have a massive difference to this team's prospects, you know, in 2022 that we just don't know about right now. And isn't that exciting? Um, but with that, that's this week's Steelers War Room. Go Steelers. Go Steelers.